0: and welcome back everyone to another episode of the run the table podcast powered by pro football network it is wednesday november 9th which means we've got week 10 action here on the horizon with a thursday night matchup between the atlanta falcons and the carolina panthers i'm tommy garrett fantasy analyst here at pro football network and joining me today as he does on every thursday is the man the myth the legend mr ian Ward. you can find him over at nfl film study Ian, my man how you doing bud
1: Man, well, with that type of intro, you have me feeling like I'm Jeff Saturday or something. Like, I feel like I just you know, got the call of a lifetime. I didn't expect I that I did not all.
0: expect to be compared to Jim Irsay on my <laughs> bingo card when I woke up this morning, and I'm still not sure how I feel about it.
1: That's not a good thing?
0: <laughs> ah, well, I'm around Indianapolis. I know some of the stories about Jim Irsay. <laughs> I think um, I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, but at least I'm not jumping into a canal or anything. Allegedly, allegedly,
1: allegedly, allegedly.
0: Uh, like I said, we've got a Thursday night match up here on the horizon as the, the NFC South, which is just a, just nowhere near the division that we thought it was going to be uh, just a few short months ago uh, with these two teams matching up. And I think it's a, I think the Buccaneers are starting to hopefully going to figure out here in a little bit, but right now these are two of the, the better teams. The Atlanta Falcons actually literally sitting on top and, while the Panthers are two and seven, they have a, a bunch of question marks going around right now. There, they're at least seem to be finding good form, and like these two teams, literally just matched up a couple weeks ago, which is which is always weird to me when we see teams match up like just a couple weeks apart. I'm like, come on, NFL schedulers. Like, you could have, probably could have done better than this one. Um, but if we find anything like the thirty-seven thirty-four matchup that we had back in week eight, I think many of us will be happy uh, with that outcome. I think a lot of fantasy managers would also be happy with that outcome. And I think we're going to kick some things off here before we kind of dive too deep into the weeds with a quick little start sit for this matchup. And I don't think there's going to be any surprises here. If you're out there, if you're not playing in two QB or superflex formats, you haven't been looking at Marcus Mariota or PJ Walker. You're not doing it now. Uh, PJ, we saw him actually get benched at one point last week and we saw Baker Mayfield back out there. Um, PJ will be getting the start here on Thursday night, but you got to wonder how long is the leash. Um, if he plays well, then you're, you're good to go. But at any point we could see, we could see Baker Mayfield back out there into the fold. And also at some point we're going to have to figure Sam Darnold back into this mess as well for this team. But as, from, as far as fantasy goes, I, I would not feel comfortable starting either of these guys. There's just not enough volume. There's just too much volatility and just not enough upside. Uh, so unless you're in a 2QB uh, where you're forced to play them, then uh, I, I get it. But outside of that, I'd probably stay away. Looking at running backs, Cordero Patterson last week returned and saw a massive, uh, massive uptick in his attempts. Rushing 13 times. Only had one target on nine routes, but I think it's probably just much of a product of the game, not so much as how they want to utilize him. Patterson's always going to be kind of a two-way player on this offense out there on 39% of the snaps, something we do expect to see go up, but he did what he always does, which is find the end zone total 53 yard with two scores and had another score. That was actually called back due to penalty. could have been an even better day for him. And I think he's one of those guys. I think you would absolutely feel very comfortable starting here this week against the Carolina Panthers rush defense. that sits 28th in yards per game, 25th in EPA per rush and 25th in explosive rate. Uh, Tyler Algier kind of went back to his pre, uh, pre-injury pre kind of uh, run with the team playing on 38% of the snaps. Did see 11 touches, which turned into 123 total yards. I believe 99 of those came on the ground. But to me, that feels a little more of an outlier than it does the, the typical Algier kind of performance. He's not the most efficient player just due to his play style. Um, I looked him more in the RB3 kind of range where I think Patterson you're looking in that that are upside RB2 because um, if you look at the games he's played darn near all of them been inside the top 10 in fantasy that week It's kind of going back for the last year and a half now at this case for Cordero and really kind of taking off um, and then the receivers uh, Drake London just continues to see tons of volume sitting 8th in target share at 29% 7th in targets per route run rate at 31.5% But it doesn't matter when you're 61st in routes. It's just, it just infuriates me what's going on with Drake London. Hasn't surpassed 50 receiving yards since week three, which is also the last time he had a top 36 outing. I get that the Panthers have been playing better, and then we match up with either Dante Johnson. Um, I just don't love him. It's a volume thing. I love Drake London, the player. I loved him coming to this class. He was my wide receiver one. I think he was probably the same thing for you, Ian. Or I know he was at least closer there. Was was he your top in this class?
1: He was two for me, just behind Garrett Wilson. Okay. But it was yeah. those two. And, I mean, I, I really liked that. I mean, Jamison Williams was right there, too. So, really it's impressive class. Injury. But just the injury and just a matter of, like, just stylistic. Like, put him in the right offense. I thought all these dudes were going to eat.
0: Same. Same. And I, I, I think, honestly, the, the higher upside play was always going to be Garrett Wilson. Um, yeah. there's only so many times you can say he has some Stefan Diggs in his game and not be like, oh, wow, that dude's going to be really good where we're comparing, you know, Drake London with guys like, you know, Mike Evans. And I think that he kind of fits that same kind of body type, that same kind of yeah. play style. But Garrett Wilson's always going to be the sexier prospect just from the body control and things like that. But like I said, with Drake London, you're looking in that wide 040 plus range just due to volume. It's at nothing to do in terms of. Like I said, his his shares are all in the elite ranges. It's just the volume of this entire offense, and that was also the case for a little off for DJ Moore. Uh, but he really kind of flourished in Week Seven and Nine, finishing as the wide receiver nine and wide receiver five in fantasy. But last week, the Panthers just got absolutely boat raced by the Cincinnati Bengals, thanks to Joe Mixon's five touchdowns uh, on the day, uh, and just just didn't work out well for DJ Moore. Like I said, did have a change at quarterback. Finished with six targets, only converted two of those into receptions, finishing as the wide receiver 51 with 24 receiving yards. He's done well since P.J. Walker took over, and I still do like his upside tonight uh, with the Atlanta Falcons No down a couple corners, including A.J. Terrell, who was playing really well at the time. Uh, So I do like D.J. Moore. I'll have him in that wide receiver two kind of range. And he's the wide receiver I feel the best about. But there are some guys that we do also think could have a little bit of upside. Terrence Marshall is something we're going to be talking a bit about during this episode. Uh, had another good game. And since week two, look, recording over 20, almost 21% of the target share, 28% of the air yards, seeing nearly 50% of the end zone target volume as well as he's really taking over that Robbie Anderson role on this offense, sitting as a wide receiver 31 and fancy over this time frame. I'm a fan of of Terrence Marshall. Liked him at LSU, guy who mean you. I think we're both, we were both a fan of. I know you've talked to me about him off air too. Really kind of showing some of that promise that we we kind of were looking for. It's taking some time, as everything has in this Carolina Panthers offense. Uh, but Terrence Marshall has really kind of just re-injected life back into his fantasy and dynasty value, especially too for you guys that have held on. It's worked out really well. Marshall this week, gonna be sitting in that wide receiver, probably low-end wide receiver three, high-end wide receiver four. Basically, if you need a flex play, I can get it. Um, but like I said, some we'll kind of talk about here. It'll be a, the weather a little bit. And whether or not you want to mess with that on a Thursday night, because Thursdays have been traditionally very up and down, hit and miss when it comes to their scores. Just has Kyle Pitts this year, even though he's led all tight ends in air yards. Doesn't matter because they're not throwing the ball to him. It's the same damn thing with with Drake London. Thirty-four point thirty-point-four percent target share last week, but only finished with 27 receiving yards since week six, sitting as the tight end nine while leading the NFL in target share and air yard share. But once again, it's a routes issue. Last week, he even led all wide receivers and tight ends in air yards. Didn't matter on the fantasy scoring. It is what it is. It's disappointing. I'm going to be a sucker for it again on this one, which I think is something we're going to talk about here. Uh, Going up in a very good matchup against the Carolina Panthers who have struggled against tight ends. But like I said, we kind of treat Kyle Pitts as a a wide receiver more so than just a tight end. But if he got him, you got to start him. He's a low end tight end one. I think that pretty much covers most of the fantasy relevant players. I mean, if you're worried about Omalade Zacchaeus it's like you're in a deep league. And at that point, you're grasping at straws, especially during bye weeks right now. But I think I want to talk to you guys about our friends over at Pickett. Are you guys tired of tracking your bets out on messy spreadsheets or not knowing how much you've won or lost? We can download Picket, which is the best bet tracking app on the market. Picket makes it super easy to track your bets, shop the best line, and connect with an avid community of sports fans just like yourself. Sign up today using promo code PFN365 to sync all of your favorite sports books, and you can win up to $100 for free. Picket is 100% free to join and use. So, what are you guys are all waiting for? Remember, that is promo code PFN365. You can win up to $100 just for signing up. Ian, we're kind of diving in here a little bit onto the betting side of things, and it's everyone is pretty much favoring Atlanta. And I, to me, that's not a massive rise. Is that kind of how you were were looking in this game?
1: Yeah, it's not a surprise. Anytime you're coming off a game where teams like switching quarterbacks, I think that's always a big red flag. That's probably not a good sign. No, no, and you've already fired your head coach, and uh, especially to have such a quick hook on PJ Walker. Like I get it, he wasn't playing well. He had three completions for like nine yards, but. It's still, we saw a big redfield come in. What else were you getting in position this year? Exactly. I mean, that's not anything new. So I just think there's a lot of uncertainty about Carolina. To me, it says more about Carolina than it says about Atlanta. Everyone knows they're a bit of a train wreck right now. Uh, it's just to be expected with what happened, what has happened there, trading away you know, Christian McCaffrey as well. So some of it, I think, is a lack of name recognition on that team. Some of it is just last week being so bad, it's hard to look at them uh, with any type of favor.
0: Yep, I agree with you. I'm, I'm glad you did bring up the running backs right there because I did miss a name in Chuba Hubbard, who looks to be making his return. And I think that kind of does kind of shake things up a little bit in that backfield. Uh, go back to their very first game without um, without Chris McCaffrey. It wasn't Donta Foreman who was getting the lead snaps, it was actually Chuba Hubbard. I believe he had nine for 69. Also, the game's only rushing touchdown. So if he's back and healthy after suffering that ankle injury, we could see him very much back into the fray here and kind of. Take a little bit of the upside away from Donta Foreman, who was kind of doing his best Derrick Henry impression for quite some time with back-to-back games of 118 rushing yards. Had three in that one big game. Like I said, kind of had a little bit of a down week last week as they pretty much had to abandon any semblance of a rushing game. Uh, But the uh, community over there on Pickett definitely favoring the Atlanta Falcons. 88% of the money and 84.5% of the volume on the money line is favoring Atlanta. So we are seeing correlation there. When it comes to the spread, which is sitting at three points right now, that is once again also favoring Atlanta, but not quite as convincingly. Um, just a couple question marks. I wonder if teams are. I'm, I'm sorry. I wonder if uh, sports fans are kind of. Hey, we saw what happened a couple weeks ago, but is that is that repeatable? Um, you know, can we have another good week on this one? Atlanta is getting only fifty eight point three percent of the money, so there is a there is an advantage there. Uh, getting a little bit more of the volume with the sharps kind of coming in here. At 64.3% for Atlanta to cover the spread. And that actually matches pretty darn closely with the game total. Um, sitting right around, I believe 43.5 at last check. Yeah, still sitting between 43.5 and 43, depending on what sports you're using. But 53% of the money and 64.3% of the volume are on the over. For uh for Thursday night's game, I think one of the biggest betting props that we kind of saw was one of the most uh the most popular one is actually Terrence Marshall, something we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, depending on where you got him at and when you got him, uh, looking at thirty point five or most commonly thirty six point five receiving yards, a lot of people are favoring the over on that uh, as that number two option for the Carolina Panthers. Um, not a ton of props out. Not a lot of ton of props that are out there. And That's something that it's kind of been the trend so far this year. Sportsbooks are really kind of waiting to go to that. They're waiting till the last minute to give us some of these things. It makes it it's hard for us because we're recording this in advance of the game to get it out to you guys early and plenty of time to get your action in there. So it's we don't have all the answers. So definitely keep an eye out on our our socials. Uh, don't forget also us over on Pickett. We all have our own individual accounts. Plus there is the company one. That also the PFN Discord. Uh, we'll kind of have more of our plays and then we've got articles that are coming out too. So hopefully by that point we'll have all the information we can actually have, make sure all that is out there for you. Uh, So you can also kind of tail or fade depending on uh, whether or not you like what you're seeing out there too. And if that is the case, you guys want to win a free $200 NFL season. Well, as a new DraftKings Sportsbook user, you can bet $5 and win 200 by betting on the NFL or college football just head over to probablenetwork.com and check out the latest betting promos to claim this offer today. And we've kind of laid the the groundwork and kind of laid the narrative of this game. So with that being said, Falcons are coming in at minus 3. They are the favorites on this one. What what are your trends telling you? What's uh which way are you kind of leaning on this game?
1: Yeah, so I do like the Falcons minus three on this one. I, I think that they have a really good identity. And I, as much as I don't like it, as much as I hate it for Drake London, I hate it for Kyle Pitts. Like, yep. it's not always pretty to watch. It's working. I mean, they're six and three. And against that's all that matters. In their last nine. Yeah, man, they're, they're one There's game no behind. There's no to change. No, they're one game behind the Buccaneers in the, in the NFC South. Like... I just think like it, it is really incredible it's very impressive what they pulled off. Uh, Marcus Mariota has not been a good passer this year, but he also hasn't been asked to do much and he's not really in a situation. Yes, his playmakers are good, but it's not like it's a scheme that's like super favorable for him to make high efficiency reads and like great throws and stuff like that. It's just it's all about the running game. They're going to get Quarterback Patterson back like you mentioned. I just everything kind of points towards the Falcons here. The mm-hmm. only thing that would make me say Carolina is going to be in this is is the weather. The weather's not great. Maybe that slows everybody down. It makes it just like it's like that. It's not going to be as bad as that week one game with the 49ers and Bears. No, but it almost reminds me of like what happened that game could somewhat be replicated because it's two not very talented teams. Um, maybe everything just gets bogged down like twenty percent. That might be enough to turn this into like a sixteen to fourteen game. And like, it's just the, really the threshold ugly. is
0: already so low. Taking an additional twenty percent away from that is not a good sign for how this Thursday night's going to look
1: it's not it's not I, I as much as I hope it's gonna be 37 34 again I, I just I'm I'd not super it. optimistic on that so I'm gonna go with like Atlanta we, we do deserve it honestly we deserve like a 49 to 50 game like th- we just deserve something awesome just it was DJ that Moore Kansas City Chiefs
0: like, and Los Angeles Rams game oh, part do
1: still talking about it years and years later like I want DJ yeah. Moore to have like 300 yards Kyle Pitts to get like 30 <sighs> targets like that's don't really what me. everyone deserves. Don't tease me. <laughs> just double his yearly well. targets. <laughs> but yeah, man, Carolina's been struggling too. Obviously, we know what they've been this year. But they're three and thirteen against the spread in their last sixteen. So this has gone back a full calendar year worth of games. Um, I don't see that really changing. I just think Atlanta's going to probably pulverize them and in, into the dirt, um, proverbially. I don't think it's gonna be like a blowout, but I think it's gonna be one of those ugly like seven point wins. This is probably going to be like seventeen to ten. Type or like a 21 to 14 type of game. Um, you hate to watch it in a, in a sense because it's not going to be sexy for our fantasy teams or for our betting uh, props, especially if we're going to go over or, or higher. But it's going to be an entertaining game because of the game within the game is going to be interesting. If you're someone that really enjoys the nuance of the game, the rushing angles, the blocking, the run fits, this could be a really cool game, seeing J.C. Horn go against Drake London, like things like that hopefully we get an opportunity to really see it and we can enjoy it a little bit more than just like the face value of the game.
0: So basically, if you enjoyed your football better when they were still wearing leather helmets.
1: Right. You'll enjoy this it's, the, it's the only way that it should be played. Yeah.
0: Got it. My dad will absolutely love this game then. <laughs> um, I, I I do have one question for you. It's, I, I know we're not going to get the minus two and a half, which makes me feel way better especially with this weather. Right now, you've got minus three. For the Falcons and minus one hundred and five, is this something yeah. you would consider buying that one that that half a point to take it to uh, minus two and a half, and only absolutely. change the odds from minus one hundred and five to minus one twenty eight?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. We we kind of talked about it last episode, I think, for Monday night, where it doesn't seem to always matter. It, it's really more like a paranoia thing, especially as better. But the last thing we want to do is push. A uh, win yeah. is better than a push. I feel much more comfortable with it, especially with this type of game. They both have game uh, kind of offenses that are geared toward kicking field goals, over scoring touchdowns. They're more likely to, to kick those field goals because they don't have great finishers in the red zone at the quarterback position. Um, so for me, I have a little bit more confidence in that. I have definitely more faith mm-hmm. um, in, in Koo as well as a kicker. I think that he um, could potentially be the game winning kick on this. So. They are more com- more than comfortable to give him those opportunities as well. So I think some of that just relies on like the DNA of these two teams and also just the makeup of the roster. So I think that's a great option. And again, you're not losing that much value, especially if you're putting in a unit and it's a, a bigger unit. That is especially not going to be a, a, something that hurts you too bad. If it's a smaller unit, yeah, it, literally it's going to be a small. It's going to be a smaller return. But that's yeah. not, again, we'd rather have a win than a push.
0: Yeah. I think it's worth considering sometimes. Like I said, we know we're not going to get it, so there's no point in waiting on it. But going from, you know, minus 105 to minus 128 to get yourself that extra little bit of cushion. And in the game where, look, like I said, the weather might be involved in this, and it's going to be depending on timing for the weather. The way it's looking right now is this, it's looking to hit sometime in the, the afternoon in the Charlotte area on Thursday and progressively get worse throughout the night. If it hits, lay, the closer to game time the rain starts, the better because it's going to start off as a very light trickle with a little bit of wind that are out there between 10 to 13 MPH. And then with gusts up to 20. Um, But the later the night goes, we're looking into the substantial amounts of rain Um, talking about overnight over an inch total of of rainfall. Now, when we're looking at a, a three hour window for when this game will be played, that changes things. Because looking at the whole okay, we're looking at an inch of rain falling on the area. In this case, probably close to an inch and a half to inch and three quarter, most likely throughout this entire time frame. That doesn't concern us. The game isn't lasting for the full duration for the full duration of the rain. More than likely, we're kind of sitting in the 0.02 to 0.04 inches per hour kind of range, which is like you talked about. It's going to be rain, but it's probably not going to be as bad as the the earlier game this year between Chicago, and it certainly won't look anything like. Um, San Francisco and Washington a couple years back but anytime we're throwing conditions out there on two teams that are kind of meh at the moment that's always something to consider especially with the game totals I think for me personally I kind of like the just taking a side right now but we are seeing the over under out there around 43 actually when we started recording it was 43 and a half it's now already down to 42 and a half Ian
1: mm. Yeah, that's that makes sense. I mean, that especially the way that the original tweet that we saw was worded and, you know, yeah. you kind of looked into the weather trends a little bit more in detail the way that the original tweet um, that was uh, kind of put out there was, hey, 20 to 30 mile per hour winds going to be rain, especially with that, that's going to take. And a I lot think of he's absolutely right.
0: Rain. But it's all like it's all dependent on the timing.
1: Exactly. Like, it's not he gonna gets gonna paid to do that. I quarters. don't. Yeah, if that's the case where it's all four quarters, then obviously the under is a major play. Before any of the weather, my inclination was actually the over because we just saw these teams put up 71 points combined um, just two weeks ago. The Atlanta defense has given up 20 or more points in every week except for one this season. Um, So it's not been a really effective defense. They've been playing a little bit better lately, but it's not necessarily a great defense. It's really their offense just kind of making up for the defense by controlling the ball so much. But with this now in the cards, I'm staying away from it. Um, I do think if you're going to grab that under get it as fast as possible. I mean, don't wait anymore. I think this could potentially get down closer to 40. Um, another point would not be surprising at all, especially if there's another negative, negatively worded tweet or negatively um, skewed n- and not even like a, in a bad way, but just like if it's a weather report, that's if we just get negative, more information gonna saying down the down. weather's going to suck. Yeah, exactly. It's going to, it's going to plummet and this <laughs> betters don't need any more reason to look at this game with doubt. So, Consider the under. I definitely wouldn't play the over here. I think that that's starting to now look like just not really a good play. Um, as optimistic as I want to be about this outcome.
0: Yeah, and if you do want to take that together, you can take the Falcons. At, actually, at have that alternate at minus two and a half plus the under two and a half. That's plus 225 if you wanted to put that's that
1: together. Good. That's, that's pretty good.
0: I have found that parlays and me don't always work out that well. So if you only want to take <laughs> one, go for it but you can get decent odds on this one right now if you wanted to, if you were so inclined. Um, like I said, it's it's just an interesting game. So on this case, when we know we're possibly looking at whether, does this change also, or not just that, but this at a, a potential under, how much does that change some of your touchdown props? Like how much does that change? How much emphasis you're putting on those, your unit size? Like I know we're practicing unit control right now, especially with college yeah. basketball starting back up because – my God, I could put together so many plays right now. So I think all this kind of ties <laughs> together just like your overall like betting philosophy at this time of year.
1: Yeah, it definitely cuts down my chances, right? Like I'm going to take some some fewer risks as well. Um, so I originally had a couple of these written down. I was looking at quarter Patterson, anytime touchdown. He's the favorite. He's at plus 105. First of all, mm-hmm. I love that we're getting plus 105 as the favorite. Just someone's going to score a touchdown in this game more than likely. I think Patterson, it makes sense. I actually thought he'd be probably like minus 115. Uh, based on most of the other lines throughout the season, if anyone's
0: for Atlanta, it's going to be him. It always it's has got to be this
1: year. I mean, the only guy I would say that it wouldn't be is Caleb Huntley, just because if Patterson is yeah. maybe on a pitch count, um, maybe they like the bigger back. That's something I would consider in this game because of this weather. I take that factor out. I'm less willing to put that bet on two guys now. Now I'm just looking at just one guy. Just give me the give me the best odds because it just makes sense, like you said. Foreman, Deontay Foreman makes a lot of sense, too, here. Plus mm-hmm. 120 anytime touchdown. He's got the body for it. He's got the role in the offense. I know Chuba Hubbard might get as many carries, but I am actually have more confidence that Foreman's going to get those goal line or red zone type of carries. So he's Chubb- plus 120.
0: Chuba Hubbard has never been a goal line back going back to Oklahoma no. State. That's never nope. been his game plan.
1: Nope, and and Caroline is very traditional with their roles, um, and so I think that's going to play a, a part in this too. They look at the body type, and they and it's human nature to do that. It also fits in this situation stylistically as well. So I like that one. I also like I usually like one one of these long shots in these games too. So for me, it's Terrace Marshall. You kind of talked about Marshall having a nice resurgence. Did really well in this last game. AJ Terrell is going to be out with an ankle injury again. Anytime touchdown prop plus two two plus two seventy five. I like that a lot. It's a little bit better value than DJ Moore. DJ Moore is the obvious guy. It's not a bad bet at all. I just think Marshall has the size. He's got the speed. He's playing well. He's got kind of like that momentum. And he's a little bit of a long. So maybe you put a partial unit on that one as opposed to like a full unit. The only other consideration I would have, and this is one I'm probably fading now, I had a little bit more confidence in, is that you would pair Patterson anytime touchdown um, with 100 plus yards. It was a DraftKings special for plus 400 on a return. I don't think that's a bad option to get 100 rushing yards and a touchdown for that. Is that 100 rushing
0: or 100 total?
1: It's 100 rushing yards. Um, so I'm I'm not liking that as much now, especially with yeah. some some poor weather. I want Patterson to hit that open field and be sprinting down a nice firm uh, set of sod. I don't really want him stepping into like that that juicy, gross sod that whenever you step in it, it just feels like you're stepping on like toads. Like I don't want any of that. There's that nothing
0: worse thing. than wet socks. Also, Oh, it's the worst. There's no worse feeling than wet socks.
1: These guys got to go through like 20 pairs of socks in these games.
0: Oh, they'd have to. I think I think, I think he's got a good matchup. Meetings. Just because like since week five, Carolina's sitting 28th in rushing yards per game, 25th in EPA, and 25th in explosive yeah. rate. So that kind of fits your yeah. narrative of hey, you'd love to see him get a, that deeper run because that they're giving it up.
1: I, I still think it's a decent play for me. It's more of a it's more of a sprinkle now. Like I would probably go into this with a full unit and say, hey, this is my long shot of the game. Like boom, I'm gonna take one of these shots. Now I probably look at Marshall as you know closer to that type of play. I might put like a half unit on this, or maybe even like a quarter unit on this, just because at plus four hundred too, you don't have to hit a you know it, it's still a nice return if you hit. And it's a, a I just worry a little bit about injury, right? That's always my concern in these type of games. The team looks at this and says, hey, you're just coming off of IR. Last thing we want to do is get your knee banged up, you have you twist something, and then all of a sudden Caleb Huntley gets 15 carries and Patterson gets five carries. So I don't want to be too invested into Patterson on this one.
0: And especially because the Falcons, they're in contention, which is something like yeah. you can lie to us and tell us, yeah, we, you know, we're, we're fighting for a title this year. But no one in that room was probably really believing that. Like They're actually right. in a position where I don't think they expect it to be. And so yeah. you need Cordero Patterson for this entire run. Like yeah. they've kind of gone down. They were they were the ATS kings, covered six straight. And they failed to cover the last three, but they know how important Patterson is now. They have him back. That luck probably helps get them back on track for things as well. Um, like I said, it's I think he should have good. He should have a good game. I would have liked that 100 yard. If that was like total, I don't yeah. know if I love that just on 100 rushing. But I mean, look, you're getting plus 400 odds. Like. They're juicing that for a reason, um, so I don't I don't hate that. Tell me something to kind of keep in mind. Uh, but I also want to take out about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your football season this year, and that is Underdog Fantasy and their Pick'em game. Just look for your favorite or least favorite, in some cases, player stats, and pick whether they'll end up with higher or lower total in that number in this week's game, equaling up to 20 times your money in a single night. It is super simple to get started. Just head over to Underdog Fantasy or download the app. Sign up with promo code PFN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. But also, if you deposit $10, you'll also get a free one-month subscription to the PFN Pass, where you can reconnect with the game of football with interactive experiences, proprietary research, and educational courses on the PFN Pass. Remember, that's Underdog Fantasy, promo code PFN. You can get in on the action today. Looking over here at Underdog, funny enough, they actually do have a decent amount of projections available, uh, contrary to some other plays around on the internet. So it's we actually get a little bit of stuff to play with here on this one. And I think you've got one here that's actually really interesting. And it's someone that we've talked about earlier, and that's with Cordero Patterson, who currently has a projection of 52.5 rushing yards. Had a decent game last week. We had 14 carries, 53 and two touchdowns like we talked about earlier. So are you going higher or lower on Patterson's 52.5 on the ground?
1: I'm going to put the higher on this one. And you kind of touched on it. Carolina's defense, rush defense has just been in the gutter the last couple of weeks. And I think that's a big part of, of their season kind of unraveling too. You've got Derek Brown in the middle. You've got some really talented players, Shaq Lawson. It just hasn't worked. I think some of that is just the fallout from moving on from a head coach. Some of these guys probably – I'm not saying they're not playing hard. It's not that. It's no. just the fallout of Because they're happens. playing for their jobs too. Exactly. But things cascade, right? Like you have someone stepping up to the plate in a different role, and everyone kind of draws resources from that. So it may just be, again, the 10% difference. The 10% difference on that defense, they couldn't afford that, and all of a sudden they yeah. plummeted as a rush defense. Patterson's going to get the touches. It's just a matter of uh, him being able to get – enough yards per carry. This team's been great at it this year. I don't see that really stopping him. Yes, the 100 yards is certainly a little optimistic. I think 52.5 is pretty reasonable, so I have to take the higher.
0: 100%. I think it makes a ton of sense on this one, too. Uh, Terrence Marshall, make no surprise here. You are taking the higher on the 36.5. We've talked about him at literally every chance we've had during this episode, so I don't think it's any surprise we're going the higher on that one. But I think someone else we haven't really talked about as much except for when I was saying, hey, you probably shouldn't start him, is Marcus Mariota, who comes in at 29.5 rushing yards, which is, I think, an interesting way to look at him because we always think of a quarterback. You just think of, you know, what are they doing, you know, through the air because that's what quarterbacks are known for. But Mariota has been pretty surprising this year, sitting fifth in, um, sorry, seventh in rushing yards and fifth in rushing touchdowns, uh, which is tied amongst quarterbacks. I think there's a little bit of an angle here to take on this thing. So which way are you going on uh, Marcus Mariota's rushing yards at 50, At uh, sorry, at 29.5 yards?
1: Yeah, I like the higher on this one as well. I, I think this will actually be a number that rises. Um, as Underdog sees the weather reports, I think they'll be able to say, okay, like even our low expectations and prop line uh, yeah. for Mariota of passing is probably too high. We need to raise that rushing total. And so I'm going to take the higher here. You hit the higher four straight weeks until last week. Um, he is definitely a dynamic rushing threat. There's no doubt about it. It's mm-hmm. guaranteed to be part of their game plan. He's going to get an end around. He's going to get some read option looks. Again, we just talked about the Panthers defense struggling. They had the athleticism to slow him. I just don't think it matters. I've been able to say that for like six straight. I mean, the Browns are a great example of that. The Browns had no reason to allow Marcus Marietta run all over them with J O K and some athletic safeties. It doesn't matter. That's the thing in the NFL. If you have a running quarterback, he will find success. It's just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. I think this will be a big game for Mariota. I could actually see him uh I would probably take the higher even all the way up to like 40 yards.
0: I love that. That's that's there's so much room than wiggle room then and that one at the at the 29.5. So yeah, that's definitely something to kind of take a look at. I got a couple other ones here, and I'm going to kick things off with Kyle Pitts, who I can't help but be a glutton for punishment. It is what it is. I'm sorry. It's 39.5 yards. Everything in my soul tells me at that point I don't have a chance. I have a moral obligation to take the hire on 39.5. Otherwise, I am just a fraud. Last game these teams played, 5 of 9 for 80 yards and a touchdown. The Carolina Panthers are not good against tight ends. They're 28th in DVOA against a position allowing the fourth highest catch rate. And they also allowed the 13th most points to tight ends who were lining up in the slot, which go figure, it's exactly where Kyle Pitts is. So he's actually getting success more so as a, just as a wide receiver than he is, just as a base tight end. I've got to go with him uh, at 39.5. I don't want to touch the receptions which is at 3.5, meaning if we take the higher, he's got to have four or more receptions. I'm not banking on anything volume-wise with Kyle Pitts. I'll strictly keep it over on the yardage, and I will take the 39.5. And I also like something you mentioned earlier. You actually mentioned the kickers in this game about how this you can see some field goals in this one. young Wei Koo is at 1.5 field goals made for Thursday night. I don't love it if the conditions really get going, if the uh, wind really kicks up, especially, they're expecting the gusts should die down a little bit. But I think Young-Waiku, higher than 1.5 field goals, I think that one might be in play if they're not able to convert on some of those those touchdown opportunities. A lower scoring game, field goal kind of tend to win out, especially when you don't have the passing explosiveness to capitalize inside the red zone when the Panthers kind of bear down on you a little bit. I think young wake might make a little bit of sense on that one, but that's going to wrap up today's episode of the run the table podcast powered by a pro football network. If you enjoyed today's episode of the show, feel free to leave a rating or review, whether it's on iHeart, Google, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your favorite podcast at. Also, can you stay up to date with the latest news around the league by heading over to ProFootballNetwork.com, network.com where you can find analysis covering not only fantasy football and betting, but breaking news around the league, college football, and the NFL draft. And remember to get involved with the PFN community. The PFN Pass gets you direct access to the Discord and unlocks exclusive content from PFN Productions, weekly giveaways, and weekly AMAs with the PFN staff, including lineup and wave wire advice, a Sunday morning start set, and even more betting coverage during the week to help you fill up that bankroll. It's also never too early to start your mocks for the season uh, by using the PFN MDS, which you can find over at ProFootballNetwork.com forward slash mock draft. You can follow Ian over on Twitter at NFL Film Study and myself at Tommy Gare, PFN. Speaking for Ian, we'll see you guys on Friday as we break down the rest of week 10 with our start sets, and good luck on Thursday night.